Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, and welcome to Blizzard Watch, uh, a podcast where we apparently watch Blizzard very carefully because we don't know what they're up to at any given moment. They could just release a game. You never know what they're going to do. You might just be minding your business, eating some lunch. If you're eating lunch, that's when they're bound to do something. It's just like they wait for you to be eating. We have had this happen to us. We know what we're talking about. I'm your host, Matt Rossi, and with me this week are two just fantabulous co-hosts. One of them has hands like a gnarled, twisted root claw of madness from his years in the, the burning steam mines. Uh, he's the editor-in-chief of the site, Alex Zebart. How you doing, Alex? Uh, I'm doing good, despite the hands. Yeah, well, you know, I try not to, like, you know, emphasize him too often. But, you know, I felt like you you, bro- you opened the door this week. Uh, so Yeah, once again, your history of referencing the pre-show that most of our listeners did not get to hear. But that's, that's never okay. going to stop, so just... Anything going on besides that? You know, doing anything fun games? Anything besides Blizzard games? Anything occurring Blizzard games? What's up? Uh, I have barely played any games in the last week. I was getting various work things done. Um, I played some Heroes 2.0 because I have to. It's brand new, and Heroes of the Storm has apparently become my game. But outside of very little of that, it's been a pretty grindy week for me. Alrighty. Also with us this week, um, she likes literally everything on the site. She's constantly watching. She makes sure I don't say hello, welcome to podcast before we start the show. Uh, with us this week, Anne Stickney. Anne, have you been playing anything interesting this week? I've been playing Rebuild the Bathroom, but I'm done. Oh, you finally finished the bathroom. We finished. We finished like this weekend. So we're all done. Guys, have you guys been able to use the bathroom while you've been working on it? Yes. Well, okay, sort of, some, somewhat. We have two. There's one way downstairs, okay. and then there's one upstairs. So we haven't been without a bathroom or anything. It's That's just... what I was beginning to worry about, like, were you guys having to use Because when my father and I revamped our bathroom when I was a kid, and uh-huh. for, like, for, like, two days, we had to use a bucket. Oh, it yeah, no. No, no. We aren't. No. We have a, we had a second bathroom, so we were good. I mean. I, I once knew a guy who did maintenance at a trailer park. Uh-huh. 
And like when, is whatever. Is this going to be terrifying? This is going to be terrifying. A isn't little it? bit. A little okay. bit. Um, I think you could so, tell it was going to be terrifying just by what he opened with. <laughs> whatever, like whichever trailers weren't currently occupied were the ones that he would like work on and fix up and refurbish or whatever. And he did this because the la- the owner of the trailer park let him live in any of the trailers he was working on for free while he was working on it. But they were all being worked on. So he would be sleeping and living in one, but it didn't necessarily have any plumbing or a toilet or anything because he was there to make that kind of thing happen. So if he had to use the bathroom or anybody hanging out with him had to use the bathroom, he would have to walk to the complete other end of the trailer park, go into a second trailer, use the bathroom, and then go to a different one to wash your hands and then come back. Sounds like a very complicated life. It does. (laughs) In our case, it was just that the island didn't have like a lot of amenities and so if you took the bathroom out the nearest house was literally like a two mile walk away from our from our farm so yeah we we had two bathrooms and i mean the downstairs one was remodeled a year ago so it wasn't like we didn't have a bathroom or anything it was just we expected that this project would take us foolishly expected that this project would take us like maybe a week and yeah no took a month but this project was your warlords of draenor last patch yeah kind of it just went on and on and on but now that it's over with i'm much happier so there's that (laughs) that's good uh as you know i guess at this point we just move on to stories because uh one of the big ones this week is i i don't really understand the significance of it really i'll be honest it's one of those ones where people are like telling me about it and i'm like okay because i don't play hearthstone a lot but hearthstone is now apparently broken 70 million players that's a lot of players. It's a lot of players. I find myself like, as uh, I think Alex and I were talking about this briefly, and I said something like, "Does that count me?" Because I played for a week back when it first came out, and he yeah, said, it "Probably it does. does." Yeah, because World of Warcraft did that thing where they went, "We have a hundred million accounts." Well, World of Warcraft peaked at twelve million subscribers, <laughs> so yeah. that hundred million. I mean, I guess it's cool, but there's not a hundred million people playing. No, that's, you know, 100 million accounts have been made throughout. So there's probably yeah. been 70 million people who've played this game over the course of its existence, which is still a pretty big number. I know how they count that. Like, accounts, do they mean, like, individual Battle.net accounts? Or are they talking about World of Warcraft licenses? Or are they talking about, like, some uh, other thing? Because uh-huh. I have, like, I mean, one Battle.net account, but I have two World of Warcraft licenses. I mean, that's for World of Warcraft, it was probably licenses. And for Hearthstone, it's probably whatever people have used to log in. Yeah, so if, if for can, some reason you have you, two phones and you're using two different logins, that would be two different accounts. But if you're using your unified Battle.net account, it would just be the one. Yeah, I, you got me. But, you know, 70 million, big number. Uh, they just released the Angoro expansion, right? When did that go out? Yep. Or is that out yet? Journey yeah, to Angoro. Out, came out a few weeks ago, yeah. I don't know anything about it, man. I don't. I don't. Hearthstone. I'll admit this is not a game I play. There's. I play Diablo. I play WoW. Occasionally, I play. Uh, um, heroes because you guys got me interested and I love to watch people play Overwatch but I can't because I get serious motion sickness playing it which is unfortunate for me but so yeah, Hearthstone the deal, is the one here's the deal with Hearthstone though Hearthstone as like a, a thank you I guess they've given everybody three free Journey to Angoro packs am I correct? Yep The de- Okay so I logged on to to grab my da- my my decks because I was like, ooh, cool, freebies. I'll take those. And I went to log on and I haven't logged on in so long that the innkeeper decided to automatically give me a quest and won't let me do the thing I want to do, which is open That's, the packs. Yeah, that dumb tutorial for, what is it? I think it was Mean Streets of Gadgetan. Yeah. yeah. 
uh, I was like, yeah, I'm going to play Hearthstone again. I'm going to get back into it. And I booted up the game, and it showed me that. And I was like, nah. And I haven't opened it again since. I can't get out of it. Like, it won't let yeah, me just go to the it menu. It doesn't let you do anything. No, it'll let me open up, like, options, or it'll let me quit the game. And instead of, or, or I have to play whatever this thing is that the innkeeper wants me to do. Like, it's not optional. I have to. He's like, welcome back. I've got got things for you to do. And I'm like, but I don't want to do those things. Oh, you won't let me do anything but those things? Okay, well, never mind, I guess. I brought, I brought back. Here's some compulsory chores for you. (laughs) I brought this up on the podcast like months ago, and people were like, that doesn't sound right. They're still doing it. It's still happening. (laughs) Okay, Blizzard, if you are listening to this, um, again, we're going to try and reach out to you here. Don't do that. I genuinely decided not to play Hearthstone again because it made me do that. I I I was going to play again. I chose not to. I would like to play again, but first I would like to see what kind of freebies you gave me. But I can't see what kind of freebies that you gave me until I do the thing. And I don't really want to do the thing. I want to click the free... Like... It's just kind of fr- it's like it's it would be like going into Overwatch and being told, "Oh no, you need to play 3 games in ranked before you can open any loot boxes." <laughs> like <laughs> I, I, even when they've just given you like a handful of free loot boxes. Like, you know what I mean? Or like Heroes of the Storm. Like, before, like going into even... Heroes of the Storm, they tell you, "Here's all these free loot crates. We've switched over to Heroes 2.0. Now before you can open those loot crates, you have to do this tutorial." <laughs> Yeah, and it's not even a loot crate problem. Like, I wanted to check out other stuff. Just look at any aspect of the game at all. And I you wanted can't. to. I, I can't remember what classes I had unlocked. I think I had them all unlocked, but I think I was. I'm not sure. I think I may have been missing a class or two, but I can't tell because I can't look at my collection. I can't look at. I can't look at anything. Right. Yeah. Yeah, this is not a good idea. But anyway, yeah, 70 million players. Uh, I, I Yeah, I, that, every time you guys tell me about that, I'm like, yeah, that's a great idea. That'd be like if you logged into World of Warcraft and they wouldn't let you play your established characters <laughs> until you finished a tutorial. Like, seriously, oh my yeah. god. But first like, you, you have, have to do this archaeology quest with Brand Bronzebeard, because that yeah. is really oh, yeah. <laughs> But you can't play them all of a sudden, because we want you to do something else first. <laughs> yeah, it's not not a good move. Uh, also, should mention because we covered it on the site. Dan, our our, our Dan O'Halloran covered it. Uh, the Diablo three Necromancer is on the beta. The Diablo three you know beta, the PTR testing it. Um, and I don't. I, this to me, like this is the most content they've added in a quite some time. Uh, it's a new class, which of course they'll have new voice and so forth. And the Necromancer, I don't. I don't know how I feel about this. Like them adding the Necromancer because it's. It's basically like the Crusader was was a different class. It was similar to the Paladin, but it wasn't the same. The Necromancer is straight up the Necromancer from Diablo 2. Yeah, but that's what people want. I understand that's what people want, but that's what it is. You know, I I personally, I love the Barbarian. You you know that I do. I love that the Barbarian is basically the Diablo 2 Barbarian, up to the point where you can basically just tell yourself, yeah, if I'm playing the, the dude Barbarian, I am playing the old Barbarian from Barbar- from Diablo 2. And if I'm playing the, the, the female Barbarian, a.k.a. the superior Barbarian, uh, I'm playing, obviously, the spunky daughter of said Barbarian, who if you end up playing co-op and you have another Barbarian with you, it's very easy to imagine that it's, it's father and daughter. It's not even... It's it's not hard to do. But at any rate, so this is the Necromancer. It's it's essentially the, the D, D2 Necromancer. If you played that game, that's what you got. It, 
it kind of like there's a little danger of overlapping with the witch doctor, but I don't really feel like having read what Dan wrote that I don't feel like that they did it. I feel like they went in a different direction. So uh, I think, that's that's out. Yeah, that's, I think there's some crossover, but it's not. You would have to build the characters in specific ways, I guess. If I went like a full minion witch doctor in a full minion necromancer, they could be similar. But in all other aspects, they're pretty distinct. Yeah. And it's, you know, I mean, like you said, this is what people wanted. They wanted it. I, I felt I remember the pop when they announced it, it was pretty big. People want as much Diablo 2 as possible. And yeah. I, I, I think Diablo fans seem like they would be most happy if they just added the Necromancer, the Druid, all of the D2 classes to Diablo 3 and nothing else. Uh, we, you know, we have no idea if they're going to add anything else after this, quite frankly. Right. We don't know anything yeah, about this, what's going on with Diablo. So This beta has been a bit rocky. It seems going to be going well now, but it started a couple weeks ago. But the first yeah. round of invites was very limited. And then they disabled the Necromancer in the Necromancer beta for a while. Um, so you couldn't play it. Which is, yeah, it's like, okay, <laughs> and, what are we doing here now then? Like, yeah, you know, and why, then why we... they opened it up again and they sent out a bunch more invites. And then all of the people they had just invited were not able to actually log in. You'd get an error and then logged out of Battle.net. Yeah, it was, there was like an error message that kicked in. <laughs> yeah. So, it's very um, reminiscent of the original Diablo 3 launch, if you, if you remember that. Oh, it was similar man. to that. But um, it seems to all work now. So it took a while, but they got there. Well, that's why you do it, you know, better on a, a PTR than, you know, live or in this case, a beta, because this isn't yeah, just you sure. can't just log on and do this. This is an yeah, actual it's beta. A, it's a closed beta. You have to be invited. But uh, it looks uh, the fact that there's a melee necromancer kind of fascinates me. Like you can you can do a melee version if you want. Uh, that's the melee version is Zool from Heroes of the Storm, which yeah. is kind of funny. Well, you know, I, I kind of when I heard about it, I thought that's what they were going to kind of do. Um, it's just interesting because it's a caster, but it's a melee caster and there's not, not a ton of that in Diablo. Um, but the necromancer kind of always sort of had that sort of thing, but it's, it's the whole bone armor and all that stuff. I, I, I never played the necromancer in D2. I wasn't, I, I mean, we know me, we know what I like. Uh, I, I played barbarians or paladins or I did play druids because you could turn into a werewolf and that was just like, yay. I've um, never so. been big into Diablo. I picked up Diablo 2 when Diablo 3 was announced because I heard how good it was. Uh, my experience wasn't great. I tried to play through it once. I picked Necromancer. I went like Skeleton Necromancer where I just had as many minions as possible. That's not really viable at points of the game, and there's nothing you can do about that. Yeah, um, there's what's, Who's the... I don't know the names of these people. There's a boss that you go up to him, and he cleaves, and all of your skeletons are dead, and then you're dead. Uh, uh, that could be many, <laughs> many bosses in Diablo. There are too, so many bosses that that could uh, be applicable to. And I was like, hmm, can I respec in this game? No, not without mods. Like, oh, okay. So all I can do is make skeletons. So I guess I go back like three zones and make more skeletons and see if I can do more damage. Oh, my skeletons are gone. Time to go back three zones and get more. It wasn't good. Yeah. But, you know, the, the, this this one is very... Diablo, as it is now, is much different. Diablo 3 is a different kind of game in terms of its specking and all that. Yeah. So it It's shouldn't... a different animal. I'm, I'm looking forward to actually getting to play with it. I don't... I probably will play a Necromancer just to get to see the new dialogue, because that was one of the great things about when, uh, when, when the Reaper of Souls came out and you had the Crusader. The Crusader's new dialogue, like, when you even when you played through the old... the, the previous acts, the Crusader's dialogue was fantastic. Um... 
either you know male or female crusader both had great deliveries um mainly because you know male male crusader was fenris from dragon age 2 and I, i'd never heard the female crusader before but she does an excellent job it's a really good performance so i'm looking really forward to seeing what they do with an acromancer i want to hear those those acting the, those performances because that's one of the places where i really have enjoyed diablo 3 uh, i really have liked when you when you're actually playing through the story uh there's there's lots of debate we could have on the quality of the story but in terms of like the performances, I've actually really liked them. I think there's been a lot of good acting involved. The banter so. was great. Yeah. So I looked it up real quick. The boss I was having trouble with was Duriel. And on ah. the Diablo wiki page, there's like under strategy, there's like a little paragraph long strategy for every class. But then when you get to Necromancer versus Duriel strategy, you have to click over to another page. And it's just endless words about what to do if when fighting Doriel as a necromancer. So apparently I played the game on horrible hard mode. Yeah, that does sound like you. Good job. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, but, uh, since we're talking about Diablo 3 anyway, we should probably mention there's going to be a dev Q&A uh, on May 3rd for Diablo 3 and in the beta and for the necromancer. If you're listening I... to this live, that's tomorrow. If you're listening to yeah. this on Thursday when we release the podcast, it happened it just... yesterday. Now, once again, you know, if you're listening to us live, you get the, the scoop. And if you time. don't. Yes. Time is hard. I don't like it. Everything should just stay forever. Oh, but then things wouldn't come out. Never mind. We kind of have to have time after all. Yeah. But yeah. So if you're interested in like, you know, getting some insight into what they're thinking as they're developing it, th- there's Q&A. You can ask them questions. You can, you know, find out what they're what they're up to. And if you're listening to this now, we'll probably put the Q&A results up somewhere so you can look at them. As you know, that would be useful. So yeah, there you go. Uh, anything else? That's all I scrounge. So I was gonna say for World of Warcraft uh, this week, it, they're actually doing the next PvP brawl. It's the Warsong Scramble, and that's the I... capture the flag with the Instacap type thing, where you ca- you can capture your enemy's flag without having your own flag at, at your base. Played this today. Uh huh. I, I actually, when I told you about the, the fact that I forgot it when I told her about it is the best part. Um, when I, I, I when I mentioned it in work chat, I went and played one. Oh, did and you? It's crazy fast. Yeah. There is there is no defense. And Nobody you have defends. to you have to be the first one to capture five flags. It's five yeah. now. It's not three. And the only form of defense I saw, um, we were up three. We were up three zip. Like seriously, we were up three zip when we were doing this, and suddenly the horde came upon a new strategy. That strategy was murdelate. And it worked extremely well, like because they went from like us being up three zero to them winning, like they beat us with this new strategy of just kill kill everybody, and they did it, and they they executed their murder strategy very effectively. There's like very little like it's none of that. If you ever played, you, you everyone who's ever played Warzone Gulch knows how the how it can go, where one group turtles up, the other group tries to go in and get the flag, they can't get it. Then there's count. None of that's happening. It's much faster. Uh, people are like blitzing it. There's all there's a ton of weird strats. Uh, druids are once again the nightmares who who can run away super fast with the flag. Uh, all that stuff. We had a rogue on the horde side who was doing extremely well. I don't know what he was doing, but he was destroying people. I also like, want to point out um, it's Children's Week. It's a battlegrounds bonus event right now, and the PvP brawl. So mm-hmm. if you're doing School of Hard Knocks, have fun. Don't do it in the brawl. Oh my god, don't do it in the brawl. May the odds be ever in, in your favor, because they're going to need to be. <laughs> School of Hard Knocks is one of those ones 
that I, I, the first year it came out, I watched my wife try and get it. I don't know if it was the first or second year, actually. Whenever they put Life Grip in the game. Yeah, I think that was like the second year. Life Grip became the bane of everyone's existence who was trying to do that thing. Because I watched people just get Life Gripped off the flag while they were trying to capture it. Just constantly. Like, so Life Grip, people on your own team are Life Gripping you away from the flag so you can't get the achievement. It was a nightmare. So I've always had that achievement. I've never done School of Hard Knocks because it does not seem worth it. I lucked out because at the time I was in a very good guild and we got a group of people together to get all of this stuff done at once. Like we got a group and we all took turns capturing the flag and everything and we played enough so that everybody would get the stupid achievement for it and we went and like there there was a solidarity about it because there were... 10 of us I think there was like 10 of us that were all doing it at the same time and this was like the second or third year that it was out I think I can't remember anyway so we got it done and I was very happy that I got it done and I was also very lucky that I got it done because if I hadn't been in the guild and had that group of people I don't know how I would have completed it I really don't it's not a fun it is not there is nothing fun about that achievement no It's terrible. But yeah, uh, so that's going on this week. Children's Week is going on this week. There's nothing new with Children's Week, by the way, if you were wondering. there's. Do they still have like the the first one and then the BC one? Yeah, the first one is there. The BC one is there. The one where you can take out the Oracle or the Wolvar Orphan, either one of those. Those are both available in Northrend. It's just there's there's nothing new added. And I was kind of... Yeah, just the basic stuff. Okay, I got you. Right. I was sort of hoping, we mentioned this on the Behind the Scenes podcast earlier this week, but I was kind of hoping that maybe we'd get like a a knight, a nightborn orphan to take around the world because that would be really cool and like a new thing to do. But no, we did not. I want that even more now because uh, recently I've been listening to charm wow parodies and yes. the suramar one and the suramar one includes the voice clip of the little nightborn girl saying hi and i'm like oh no it's so cute <laughs> why is it so cute why couldn't we have that orphan <laughs> now i want one yeah. i don't know why just we didn't again. make enough orphans in suramar that's your problem i guess you would think that between Goldan and us there'd be plenty of them out there this is such a gruesome train of thought anyway so yeah if you want to Pack up your orphan and take them around the world and let them see witness Karen Bloodhoof being burned for the, what, like, fifth or sixth time now? I don't know. Anyway, every year it's the same thing. I want to see him burn, strange children. Anyway, there's no new rewards or anything, but if you haven't finished the rewards or you haven't finished the achievements, now's your chance to get that out of the way. It is part of the whole what a long, strange trip it's been achievement for the um, Violet Proto-Drake. Long, the ever more increasingly accurate every year achievement title of what a long, strange trip it's been. Yes, it just gets yeah. longer and longer and longer the more you put off School of Hard Knocks, which is seriously, it's the worst. It is the worst. Um, like, there's also greatest a new... wow achievement will be having never done that. When I stop playing <laughs> wow, there's going to be achievement idea. for never having done that. That'd be great. Um, there's also a new story quest. I use the term very loosely for the uh, Broken Shore. It's week six of the whole breaching the tomb quest chain thing that you need to finish everything. Um, this one, I believe the quest, it's just to complete 12 world quests on the Broken Shore. So make sure that you get the quest before you start doing any world quests on the Broken Shore today. Just so that they all count 
for the quest. Um, and I don't know what happens after that's all done, so I, I haven't done it yet. I haven't had a chance to go, like, knock out the world quest yet. But that's what's up in World of Warcraft. Alrighty then. Um, we That's basically it, so we'll move on to do some emails, as is usually the case. If you have an email for the show, send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com and put podcast or blizzardwatch in the title so we know it's for this show and not you know the other show that we do. Um, as is usually the case, Anna's going to read them for us now, so if you don't mind, Anne. Yes, I mind a lot. No, I don't mind. Uh, let's see. First email is from Seven Moons, who says, Howdy, Watchers. I love the nostalgia of my favorite zones. Some are early zones, others are northern, but I hate creating and deleting new characters made only to repeat specific zones again and again. I'd love to quest through Holland Fjord, but I can't stomach Outland for it. Question. Do you think people would appreciate the option to reset a zone's quests alongside the option to scale down max level characters to those intended levels? Basically, time-walking zones. If you agree, please use your secret Blizzard clout to propose it. Ever listening, Seven Moons. First As off, if we have that. I yeah, yeah. we don't have secret Blizzard clout. We don't <laughs> even have Unfortunately, I'm sorry. Yeah, there's nothing even it's not a question of it not being secret it's not even public there's, there's nothing guys if Sorry. we did both dog and luna would be non-combat pets by now i'm just saying <laughs> they are not anyway uh time walking zones what do you guys think i i don't really feel the, the urge to do this i mean it's not it's one of those things where i don't i don't care that you do i think it's cool and if you if it could exist so you could do the thing you want to do that'd be fine by me but I don't feel motivated to it. So if it would cost some development time, and yeah, I know the old, it costs us a raid tier joke, but nevertheless, if the options are A, rejigger everything so you can time walk in old zones, and B, do something else, I'm probably going to be on the side of do something else. Uh, that's just me. But again, if if this could be done, and it, wouldn't, it doesn't bother me. Like, it, I'm, not, I'm not like, boo, don't do this. I'm just, meh. I don't know. I mean, it's because I have enough alts that I can do a lot of this stuff again if I want to. So we've done a leveling stream fairly recently, and we'll do another one. So eventually, I will see all this stuff again anyway. So that's kind of how I feel about yeah, it. Yeah, that's kind of how I am. Like I, I have no strong feelings about this. I personally couldn't imagine resetting Howling Shore over and over and over again enough to justify this feature. Uh, I, I don't really get it and I have leveled new characters and like, okay, so I don't like this particular zone, but who cares? I chose to level a new character. I don't know. I yeah, have no I, strong feelings. Yeah. I, this is one of those ideas that isn't a bad idea necessarily, but it, it feels like a niche, like the same kind of people that would love like, you know, classic zones, uh, not the same kind of people, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there, there are people who would love to be able to go and level in classic zones instead of current zones. And there's people who don't care. I happen yeah. to be don't care in this particular case. I do wonder how hard this would be to do. Like, is this something that would be really hard to do, or could they literally just flip a switch and turn like howling all the howling fjord completions off so you could do it again? And would that affect like achievements? Here's uh, what I would like to see: not time walking zones. Okay, I don't want to see time walking zones. I would like to see the whole level scaling mechanic that you see in the Broken Shore, like all of the zones in the Broken Shore. Doesn't matter what order you do them in because they scale to your level. I would like to see that applied game-wide so that when you start out at level one, you can start out wherever the heck you want to start out. You can stay in the starting zone and let the game lead you to wherever, 
Or if this is your alt, you can say, okay, um, I don't feel like starting out where I'm at right now. I'm going to go start in Northern because I really like those zones a lot better and go See, up there and start out. My problem with that is if the scaling is retroactive, then I can't go back to, say, Elwyn and destroy it at level 90, which I do. I Even now, I occasionally go to, like, zones and just destroy things. Just be, I go and kill yeah, that giant. I'm not giant saying that there's even... not drawbacks to the idea. I'm yeah. just saying... What I, I, one of the things like the idea you're talking about that someone else proposed, I actually think it might have even been Alex or even Mitch on a previous show, but the idea of scaling like that within an expansion. So, like, if you were like one to 60 would all scale to it, to each other, yeah. then 60 to 70, then 70 to 80, and whatever, so on and so on. So, you could always, you'd have to do all of the original, you know, you have to do like 60 levels worth of, of Azeroth before you could go to Outland. But once you did... But you could go start at level one in Stranglethorn Vale if you really wanted yeah. to. Yeah, and that I wouldn't have a problem with because that way it would still... The highest it would scale would be level 60, and then I could still go back and destroy anything at level 100, and it would be fine. I don't think that would fix this person's desire to replay Howling Shore specifically. No, uh, it probably wouldn't, no. But it would at least allow you to, like, not have to, like... You wouldn't have to, like, you know, level all the way up just to see Howling Fjord because like he said he hates Outland. It would at least speed that process up or allow him to avoid zones even like because you can get out of it's kind of like a blink and you'll miss it anyway at this point. Yeah, you weren't we like level 70 before we even got halfway done with like we didn't even get outside of uh, what do you call Alex's favorite zone? Yeah, yeah, this is what like I'm I'm, haven't been saying anything because I don't know if it's just because I don't hate Outland that I hold this position, but you can be done with Burning Crusade with. Hellfire Peninsula and like a handful of questions Anger March. Yeah. March, we were we, we weren't even barely done with Zanger March. I don't think we I don't think we were half done with it when we were I usually done. what I end up doing is I will complete Hellfire Peninsula because it's all right there when you zone in through the dark portal. So I'll complete all of Hellfire Peninsula. By the time I'm done with that, I'm a high enough level that I can go to Nagrand, which I prefer over Zanger March, but that's me. And then I do like maybe I don't know, ten or fifteen West and the Grand, and then I'm done, and I can go yeah, to and, Northern. And even if you go there early, because they let you do that with Outland, you can go there at level 58. Even if you go there at 58, you can still be almost 70 by the time you're done with Hellfire Peninsula. It goes so fast, it's absurd. Yeah, It's kind of ridiculous. Even wait, without 50... heirlooms, with heirlooms, it's crazy. Yeah, without heirlooms, you can go, if you go at level 58, you will be level 60 in no time, because the XP jump between um, the zones in, in Azeroth and the zones in Outland, the XP jump is huge. Even if you're, you're level 58, you're doing quests that give you, like, five bars. Like, when you, yeah. you turn in the Hellbore quest and you get five bars from it, it's like, boom. You can fill the, you can fill the entire, like, level, like, in no time. So, yeah, you, you can... Outland is a blink-and-you'll-miss-it type situation right now. So I mean, this is all kind of beyond the point that Seven Moons was trying to make, but right. what I'm saying as far as the whole make the world scale to whatever level you happen to be versus time walking zones is that if they had to choose between the two to do i think that they'd lean t- more towards the whole zone scaling thing scaling, than a time walking more, zone time walking zone is only useful if you've already leveled past it right uh, scaling is useful for everybody it's as many more people of a, as the, the time walking zone thing it's an interesting idea but it's so niche that I don't think very many people would even participate in it. Yeah, I guess I have to agree. 
Okay, so moving on. Next email is from Shad Belfally, Hydal, U.S. Wolves of War, setting the standard for short emails and long signatures. Who has a short email that says, "Leveling Alliance for the first time"? Any memorable quest zone storylines I should really pay attention to? Any NPCs who are nobodies and become bigger names in Legion? Shad, roughly. I don't know. If I'd, I don't know if I'd say nobodies, but um, if you're okay with the slight jokiness of some parts of it, Westfall is pretty important, especially if you're like going to play a rogue. Because two characters who who show up later in the Rogue Quest Hall in Legion are in that zone. Uh, one is the ultimate villain of the zone, and another is Amber Kiernan, who is like one of my favorite NPCs. So yeah, I would say Westfall. Um, which Westfall also feeds into into Darkshire, which is another Duskwood. one I'd suggest do. Yeah, Duskwood and Darkshire, the, the area around there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would definitely say hit hit Duskwood up. Um, that's a lot though. I actually, I, I really there's nothing quite as like I want to say iconic as welcome to the machine, which is the, like the really big deal. Everyone talks about leveling quest that's horde side, but there's a lot in the Alliance questing that I really enjoyed uh, when we did it um, coming to mind right now. Uh, we, we didn't really do it properly, so we didn't get the, the fun experience of it, but I went back and finished it solo just cause I like it so much. Feralos, um, which has the green dragon quest line. It kind of continues the Green Dragons and the Emerald Nightmare and all that stuff. So that that one I would recommend. I'm going to shut up now, though, because I can keep going. So <laughs> I'm trying to think of any that I liked that didn't ultimately have a depressing end within the last expansion or two. Oh, okay. Well, you, you didn't say nothing about them not being depressing. <laughs> I mean, that's just where my mind is at. It's like, what is this person going to enjoy? I'm like, well, I liked this, but they killed that person in Warlords. I liked this. Oh, but they killed that person in Legion. I like this. Oh, they're dead now. Never mind. <laughs> um, I think every <laughs> every character I liked is now dead within the last couple of years. Oh, Warlords and Legion. Dead. Warlords and Legion have not been kind to the characters I actually like. Yeah, Warlords definitely killed a, a character that I I've liked for years. There's... I mean, it, it was weird because I knew him. I felt like I knew him because I'd been I like did quests back in the day for this and, guy. So. Yeah, I feel like Legion has killed off or generally abused enough of my favorites that it has actually really impacted my enjoyment of the game overall. Like that's how bad I feel it's gotten. Like all of my favorites are dead or are, have been abused and mutilated beyond recognition. Stone of Swamp of Sorrows. Go to Swamp of Sorrows. Um, not Swamp because of the quest was really great. But... And then um, Feralus. I- I'm going to agree with Feralus both because of the green dragon thing and also because Feathermoon Stronghold. And yes, Chandris is there, home. and if you play a hunter, Chandris becomes a thing. Not as much um, of a I, thing as you would hope that she would become, but she does become a thing. I agree Swamp of Sorrows is good, but that stuff hasn't really been carried forward at all. Oh, but it should have been. It's okay, but you'll feel good while you're doing it, and that's what's important. Plus, <laughs> Joanna Blueheart is still alive. Yes. As far nothing as we know. Nothing has happened to her. She's not dead. And I that's... believe the Alliance canonically lost in Swamp of Sorrows, but... As far as I know, Joanna's still alive. It was it's that whole zone. thing. It was a good alliance you'll... zone. It felt good when you finished it. It wasn't until yeah. you went and did it on Horde side that you realized, oh, yeah. no, never mind. That kind of ruined it. Alliance, yeah, you win. Oh, the Horde quests actually take place after the alliance quests and the alliance lost. Okay. Well. Oh, well, sad Eeyore in snow. No, um, what you want to do, like I said, Swamp of Sorrows, Rossi was dead on with that. And I do agree with Westfall. Um, very much. I also agree with uh, Duskwood because Duskwood is excellent anyway. Um, 
maybe go do the night elf stuff on the Kalimdor side of the equation? Didn't they do some? Ooh, sorry. So, um, if you do, if you do the night elf stuff, I'm gonna let Alex talk. But if you do the night elf stuff, when you do the very first zone, if you've done it before, you will be sad. Yes. Um, spoiler alert, didn't Legion do something weird, like all the people in Darkshire who were protecting Darkshire, like the Night Watch, aren't they evil now? Yes. Why does Legion do this? I don't know. Everything good the Alliance has is dead. It made me (laughs) unhappy when I went and did that one in particular, too, because I was like, what do you mean the Night's Watch is all... No, no, that's... No, that's mean. That's just uncalled for. And, yeah... It feels like they're just taking the piss now. I I mean, they spent all those years standing up to the darkness that was, you know, prevalent in Duskwood or whatever. All those years. And then all of a sudden they're like, yep, nope, never mind. Let's just Legion. Yay. No, no, no. (laughs) It's just incredibly frustrating. I can't remember if that was a rogue thing or if that was a druid thing. It might have been a druid thing. All the cool stuff is dead or evil. Yeah. It's kind of annoying. But yeah, when you're leveling up, when you're leveling Alliance, um, be prepared because a lot of the Alliance quests and, and, and zones aren't particularly happy per se. There's a lot of conflict and struggle going on, particularly with the Cataclysm revamp. And what you have to keep in mind when you're leveling through those zones is that they all take place in a, in a world where Garrosh Hellscream is still War Chief. So... There's an overall just kind of pall cast over everything in the wake of that. Of course, Garrosh isn't around anymore. So theoretically, things have lightened up a little bit. Except that there's demons everywhere now. So maybe they haven't lightened up that much. I don't think I'd ever really want to live on Azeroth. (laughs) Nothing there is ever pleasant. Yeah, no. (laughs) All right. I hope that helped you out, Shad. And then our next email is from Bruce who says, Greetings, those by whom Blizzard is watched. I have two unrelated lore questions. Let's answer these one at a time. First one, while leveling a warlock recently, it struck me, why doesn't all the summoning and commanding and dismissing warlocks do also attract the Burning Legion the way arcane activity does? I can construct several theories. Demons not closely bound into Legion command hierarchy, dominated demons unable to speak of it, etc. But I'm curious about yours. Alex, you're the warlock. What do you think? Um, warlocks are just better at it than mages. Actually, yeah. I'm just gonna <laughs> let you have that. I'm gonna let you have that. Uh, there is a when you did the green fire quest. If you do that, you find out the origins of summoning magic. It's actually summoning magic isn't or is originally based on the fact that well, many of the demons weren't originally demons. Uh, there's there's certain certain demons like the the Wrathguard types were created by the titans and they they were sensitive to certain kinds of demonic magic like magic that attempted to draw upon the twisting nether to pull things through and they would show up to kill you like that's why they would show up um and it's all involved in how when when sargeras went bad he grabbed those guys and said you're gonna work for me now and you're gonna help you know you're gonna broker contracts and so forth that's all kind of explained if you do the uh green fire scenario with the black temple uh, which i have not done because i don't play a warlock so if you do that that one of the things that comes out is that it's related to the, the reason that the legion demons they do actually show up. Uh, many of the demons you're summoning are Legion demons. That's that's how 
that magic works. They, they're they're compelled to to come to it, and it's basically a battle of wills. You successfully defeat them with your will, and you get to control them. The goal is, however, if you, this goes back to there's a, a this you know that which one is it? The, one of the warlock artifacts is a it's a head. It's a floating skull thing. Yes. Skull of the Monary, I think it's called. Uh, that guy, like he was one of the first. He was the first uh, Monary. He was before, before uh, Argus fell, before the Eridar went bad. He was the first one of them, the first uh, Eridar, to figure out how to summon demons. And he showed this to, to Velen and Kil'jaeden. And they were like, don't do that anymore. Like Even Kil'jaeden was like, no, don't do that. Don't do that anymore. And it was actually, he decided, well, I'm going to kill you guys then and take over. And it was his, his uh, apprentice, Archimond, who betrayed him and went to Velen and Kil'jaeden and said, he's totally going to summon a ton of demons. And and this was all part of Sargeras' plan. So the Legion does this. The Legion lets warlocks pull through demons and control them because it's inherently corruptive, and any warlock who's doing it is eventually, in their eyes, going to fall and ultimately destroy their people. It's good for them, even if they're using the demons against the Legion. The Legion feels like it's still worth doing. It still ends up as, as a net win for us. I mean, so. I still say the warlocks are just better at it. Yeah, those, I, that's why I said those mages like, with their crazy magic, not caring about what they're doing. I'm a warlock. I'm a professional. There's nothing to worry about. I've got it under control. <laughs> okay, the uh, second question here says, I can't seem to fit the Pandaria openings into a coherent timeline. It seems like each side arrives to find the other already entrenching. Just what order do the activities in Jade Forest take place? I'll go ahead and answer this. There's, okay, what happens initially on Pandaria is there's this battle at sea between Alliance and Horde. Anduin is involved with it. Um, He happens to be sailing somewhere and Horde ships are involved. And there's a big blowout, big explosion. The ships are on opposite sides of the Jade Forest. The Horde gets to the north and then the Alliance gets to the south. But then there's also Alliance and Horde on... They're, they're basically at both ends, right? And each faction starts establishing a foothold at either end. At that point, that's when you are sent there as part of either the Alliance contingent to go find Anduin or the Horde contingent to just go find out what's been going on. And you're sent to... You, you just happen to be sent to the place... Like, if you're Horde, you're sent to the place where the Alliance have already been establishing something. And if you're Alliance, you're sent to the place where the Horde have already been establishing something. So it's all kind of simultaneous. Yeah? Yeah, it basically, the the alliance that get taken out by the Horde, if you're a Horde player, those are the original alliance that were with Anduin. They got separated. Anduin's ship crashed on the south part. They ended up going aground on the north part, and they're the ones that you take out. They're already starting to get corrupted by the Shah. If you're playing alliance, exact same thing, just in reverse. I haven't played the Horde side of Pandaria at all, so I have been a little confused if they give the Horde more motivation than I'm aware of. Because I know for the Alliance is the Horde attack Anduin, Anduin's lost, we have to find Anduin, then we get wrapped up in this stuff. So is the Horde like, we have to kill Anduin, or what's the situation? No, the Horde Horde aren't there specifically for Anduin. The Horde are there because Garrosh wants to conquer the continent. And The Horde are there because, oh, look, we've discovered this strange new land. Also, the Alliance have discovered it. And Garrosh said, the Alliance discovered it too. Uh Uh-uh, no, go establish a foothold now before they can. It's going to be Horde land. Yeah, he even straight up tells Nazgrim, you know, you go and paint the new continent red. Like he straight up says this. Well then. Yeah. It's it's not pleasant. 
but yeah, basically what happens when you're sent to Pandaria, you are not the first people that have, you're like the second wave of people that are, that yeah. are arriving. It's just the first people happened to crash land. The second people were sent there deliberately and you're with that second group. So hopefully that clears things up a little bit. Okay. Next email is from Loxley who says, hello watchers. I'm interested to hear you rank blizzard games from your favorite to your least favorite. And why personally, I never thought wow would fall off as my favorite, but heroes of the storm has recently taken the top spot. Thanks for providing such an entertaining podcast. Loxley. How far back are we going? Like all blizzard games or recent blizzard games? Because that let's just go with the, the recent ones that are out right now. Uh, heroes of the storm is my number one. Wow. was my number two. Uh, they're gonna go probably go Diablo Overwatch. Uh, I don't play. Over- what if I don't play Overwatch, but I like it anyways? I'd say have to go on the bottom. Put favorite. it on the list. You could put it on the list. Heroes of the Storm, WoW, Overwatch, Diablo Three, Starcraft Two, Hearthstone. Okay, Rossi. Oh, I was gonna let you go. Oh, um, <sighs> favorite to least favorite. Favorite, I think, is kind of tied between World of Warcraft and Overwatch, leaning more towards World of Warcraft because I play that one all the time, but I'm kind of obsessed with Overwatch because I love the story a lot. Um, Second place behind those two, probably Diablo 3, and then Heroes of the Storm. Yeah, Heroes of the Storm, because I liked the couple of games that we played. I thought it was kind of fun. Not really my genre, not really my thing, but it was kind of entertaining. Um, and I'd put Hearthstone kind of on the same level with that. I find Hearthstone fun every now and again, but it's not really my area of expertise. And then I put StarCraft way below that because RTS games and me, we just don't operate on the same wavelength. Um, I like Ish. the story. I enjoy reading about StarCraft. I like the books and everything. It's just the game itself. I'm not very good at it. If if I included StarCraft, the original one, and Brood War, that would be way higher on my list. But StarCraft 2 is down at the bottom, <laughs> near okay. the bottom. Okay. Rossi, go ahead. For me, uh, my favorite is Diablo 3 uh, because I love playing it. And I, it, I don't play it like every day or anything. But when I play it, I play it for like a 12-hour burst and just go nuts killing stuff as a barbarian. And the barbarian in Diablo 3 is what I wanted WoW to do, and they never did it, and I'm, I'm very sad. WoW is, after that, I mean, WoW is always going to be one of my top games. It's just I've got so much history with it. I've played it forever. Uh, my characters and I have been through a ton, so yeah, WoW is number two. After that, I think probably Overwatch, although I'm in the exact same boat as Alex. Not only have I never played it, I can't play it. Like, I get sick. But I, I love the story. Like, you know, we've done lore watches about it. I love talking about the game. It seems really cool. Um, I, I love that they're doing stuff like the Uprising bit. And the, the every cinematic they've ever done for it has been brilliant. So, yeah, big fan of Overwatch. After that, I mean, I, I, Heroes of Storm was fun, but it's not really a game I play a lot or care much about. Um, Hearthstone, exact same situation. And StarCraft II makes me sad. Like, I'm sorry. I don't even know what happened. I can't point to what I think they did wrong. But what makes Starcraft you sad? It's just playing it. I tried playing it. I tried getting into it. And it just, uh, I hate to agree with Alex about anything. Like, you know that. <laughs> but I really do think they went too high on the space fantasy and too far away from the science fiction of it. Yeah. Like, it, like... it used to feel a lot more like if you took Alien and then, like, Alien slash Aliens and and then added in some Star Wars with the, with the Protoss, but now it feels like ninety five percent a Star Wars ripoff and five percent the Aliens movies. Yeah, like Star Starcraft and Brood War was like it was a to- it was a sci fi game. Starcraft mm-hmm. Two is 
a not very good space fantasy. And it, it just feels like they went too far. Like a lot of the stuff that I, I liked it when it was a balance and, and it felt balanced between them. And in fact, it didn't even feel balanced. It was much more heavily towards the sci-fi slash outsider horror with the Zerg and then with an element of Star Wars-iness thrown in with the Protoss, but very heavily that sci-fi feeling that it doesn't really have as much of anymore. And they went um, full Star Wars or Protoss, like yeah. straight up, like we have Sith Lords now. Yeah, there's they already kind of had Dark Templars and Templars. You didn't need to throw in the new guys. Right. And the, the, right. New, guys, the new guys take it way further. It's like... Uh, and it's not that I don't even, I mean, Alarak's not a bad character or anything, you know, and his voice acting's brilliant because it's John Lancey, what do we want? Right. But, you know, it's still, it, it feels like people talk about franchises getting away from what they were. S- Starcraft is the most distilled version of that I've ever seen. Kerrigan. It isn't even necessarily, it's even not even necessarily bad. It's just almost unrecognizable. Kerrigan, for years and years and years, was consistently... Like considered the best video game villain. Oh, like she in polls all over the place. Kerrigan, number one best video game villain. Starcraft two, she is a naked space angel. Excuse me, how did this come to Starcraft? I I I don't. I, it, it physically pains me to be on the same side as him with this because uh, I want Starcraft to be good. <laughs> I want to like it, but yeah, no, I I don't. I'm sorry. This isn't like I. This isn't like me trying to slag on Blizzard. I don't hate you guys. I don't feel like you're bad people for doing it. But it does not feel like the same game or the same setting Universe. anymore. Yeah. You know, it just. And if that's what you want to do, great. But it. You know, sometimes you lose people when you do that kind of thing. And in this case, it lost me. I just. Yeah. The the end of StarCraft Two was pretty much the end of the franchise, wasn't it? Though. I, I don't mean, know. The Nova missions come after are set afterwards so there is a continuing story after so they after said naked space they were, angel there is more yes they said they were going to continue the franchise um the nova missions came out they were questionable i don't know what's going to happen okay all right uh last email here is from boda who's an alliance death knight of silver moon it says hey team i listened to the newest podcast and it got me thinking about what the argus patch and next expansion would be like i would think the argus patch would be like we go to argus and establish a beachhead by defeating some raid or something and then the next expansion would be on argus where we build up the almost destroyed army of the light and continue to free conquer argus lands just my thoughts boda that's not really a question um no i don't know if we could handle another legion expansion i I, Ann and I talked about this, I think, on, was it the Lore Podcast? It might have been the Lore Podcast. We were talking about um, the fact that they've just been throwing the old gods. It, it's like they, they haven't been throwing hints. It's more like there is a person with a shoe, and that shoe says the old gods on it. And every so often, they throw the shoe at you, and it hits you in the back of the head, and you're like, pick it up, and like, oh, the old gods? That, oh, that's yeah, been that's, a, that's a thing, isn't it? And then you put the shoe yeah. away, and you kind of forget about it for a little while until they hit yeah. you in the face with it again. Yeah, like they've been they have not been subtle. Like the first raid of this expansion was essentially a a raid that was like, yeah, there's demons, but this guy. Remember this guy? Yeah, oh, okay, yeah. The Ilganoth fight, uh the Vavius fight, the go into the cave and like, you know, listen to to the the Shadow Priest knife as it narrates at you thing. It, it's just there's a lot of old gods in this expansion. They can't hints. Someone in the chat channel just said World of Warcraft shoe of the old gods. Yes, that's the next (laughs) expansion. 
Just chew, old gods, chew. Um, I, I do want to clarify. I said I don't think we can take another Legion expansion. I don't mean ever. I mean two and a half in a row. Yeah, we've we've basically the last raid of Warlords was essentially a big preview of this expansion. So I don't think we can handle like green and black the, the more. You know, I, I just I, I whether or not we can handle it even. I just don't think that they're going to do that. I think they're going to move to do something else. I don't know what, but I feel like they're going to do something else. Yeah. I feel like the Argus patch is going to be very Tanan jungle in scope, where we'll have an entire zone to kind of wander around and do things in, and there's going to be a raid in the middle of it. And once we're done with that, we'll come back to Azeroth and, hey, look, there are shoes littering the landscape all over the place. I guess we should do something about this, and that's the next expansion. I gotta say, I hope if, a we lot do, of if we do an Old God expansion... I want them to not make the old god mobs all say me. I want them to be different from what we've seen, or at least pull from like the entire scope of what we've seen of the old gods. Like, don't just do faithless ones over and over again. See, what I would love to see personally is them emphasize the fact that the old gods mess around with minds. And so, if the expansion was an old gods expansion, don't make it just go underground and fight nothing but old god monsters. Make it be, hey, we go to, say, just an example, we say we go to the South Shore, the South Seas, and there's these island nations, and there's lots of corruption going on, and you have to deal with various groups, and maybe, like, one's, there's a pirate town, and you have to, like, ferret out some cultists, and then there's an old god monster at the end, or something, you know what I mean? Like, don't just throw big, big, twitchy, pulsating mobs at me constantly. Give us cool terrorists, please, and thank you. They kind of standardized old gods to be like tentacles in drippy stuff. Yeah. But the first <laughs> old god we ever encountered, the only tentacly drippy stuff was Cthun himself. Yeah. We fought bugs and we fought bug people in big statues and, and like it was something different. And then every old god since then is like, yep, it's tentacles and drippy stuff. The mobs, except, they're, except they're tentacles in, and drippy. Except in uh, the end of uh, Mists. Where we got the uh, the the Klaxi, and at least that was a little different. So, yeah. if you want, you know, quite frankly, you want to bring some Shaw back and just have them be considered old god minions now. Cool. The Shaw were that. pretty drippy. Yeah, but at least they were different. They were different looking. They weren't just you know Naraki. I would again. enjoy a variety of bug people along with the whole drippy tentacles and body parts. You guys have been setting up the Naga all expansion. And yes, the Naga. Please bring in Ashara. I would like to see her. Yes, that would be nice. Quite frankly, an Ashara-based expansion wouldn't bother me because at least it wouldn't be directly Old God dominated, but they'd be in the background. I like the Old Gods better in the background. I don't really like it when they're up front because it's just, okay, it's an oozing tree monster. Like Ilganoth, I'm like sitting going, yeah, it's a, it's a big, nasty monster tree. Gotcha. It looks yeah, like tentacles. I, I know I'm an outlier here, but I find the Titan related things to be the most boring part of wow so as they've ramped up the titan stuff and made more stuff explicitly titany the whole scene has gotten a lot more boring for me and i know i i'm one of the few because people seem to love the titan stuff and i know you guys are like super stoked to learn about titan stuff and to me it's just like i don't really care see, guys learn rock about men titan. with computers see learn about titan stuff is different than always needing to see them uh, I actually don't really like constantly seeing new Titan stuff, or at least 
to a degree, I'm kind of done with Titan Forge characters. Like, uh, we don't need to see that. Like, I think Odin kind of ruined it for me, quite frankly. If we're going to be obvious, uh, I'm tired of Odin. Like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. That guy can you shut can up. You can only anytime. prove yourself to a dude so many times before you're like, come on. Problem is, as I've proved myself, it's, it's literally the classic WoW rep grind problem. As I grind rep and people like me more, I hate them more. This has happened to me. <laughs> Ever since the old days, when we were doing the original Argent Crusade, was, was, was Argent, Argent Dawn, the original Argent Dawn rep grind you had to do to get to to uh, Nectaramus. you remember that? Yeah, yeah. where you, you had, had to go to get it. the little marks and pieces and things. Yeah. And even before Nax came out, you were doing it because it was like it was the only rep grind available. Like you know, you had to do it, and so. I, I, as I got up to Exalted with them, I loathed them like cancer. I hated them. Not because there's anything wrong with the Argent Crusade story-wise, but just because I had done so much Scourgestone grinding that I was tired of it. I did not want to see these guys or help them. And Odin is that just, he's literally the big flaming bearded manifestation of that phenomenon. Or uh, he, an example uh, of Titan stuff, just making something boring for me is, um, in Wrath of the Lich King, I was super curious about uh, what's the actual name of them? The Misty Vrykul? The Cavaldir. The Cavaldir. I was super interested in the Cavaldir. Like, what is up with these guys? And explain it. Like, these guys are neat. Where did they come from? They're super interesting. There's something crazy and magical and wacky out there. I want to know about it. And then you get to like Legion, and they're like, the Titans did it. You're like, <sighs> but they didn't. That's not at all their story. They totally did it because it's Odin and Helia and it's, it's Helia forged junk. Eh, that's like saying, you know, Helia is really not very tight at all at this point. Uh, I like Helia. Helia is the coolest thing because in that whole situation, because she is Helia. And we killed her. <laughs> and we killed her. Yeah. Like she was the interesting. She was the part that was interesting and we killed her for Odin. Yeah, I'm, I really want, I want to find out in the next expansion that her deal with Sylvanas was that Sylvanas basically has her horcrux for lack of a better word. And then we're going to see Helia again. Like the more separation there is from the Titans, it's actually interesting. Mm -hmm. And Helia had one more step of separation, which kind of made her somewhat interesting, but the Cavalier were more interesting when I didn't know anything about them. Well, that's always the danger with anything, though. But at any rate, I, I don't think we're going to basically have another expansion that's just Argus. Uh, it just doesn't feel like it feels like they're making it too much a part of this again, this expansion to make it the whole next expansion. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. it would be yeah. like if it would be like if instead of doing like, I don't know, like if the entire next expansion after Mr. Pandaria had been Orgrimmar. You know, it's just, I don't know. I, I feel they strange. went as far as to show us concept art of Argus at BlizzCon, and it was a green burnt sphere. So if they're willing to show us concept art that depicted it as a burnt sphere, I don't think there's going to be a lot to do there beyond what we're getting in a patch. It's not the most right. visually exciting place, but yeah. Uh, that pretty much wraps us up for emails, and that wraps us up for the show. Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch, and your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Thank you very much, Anne. This has been the Blizzard Watch Podcast. If you have an email for the podcast, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with podcast or Blizzard Watch in the subject line so we know it's for this show. Thank you guys very much for listening. We will be here next week.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.